Neuroscience has revealed something all too familiar to those who have lived through intimate betrayal. Emotional pain is just as real to the brain as physical pain. Now here's the good news. Emotional healing is just as real to the brain as physical healing. Physiological healing is the revitalization of diseased or injured tissue, organs, or biological systems. Simply put, the body's cells regenerate or repair to reduce the size of the distressed or damaged area and restore the body to normal functioning. Emotional healing is more complicated and less mechanistic, but otherwise follows a similar path to restoration. It can be accomplished with as much efficiency and effectiveness as the wondrous healing of our bodies. Emotional healing happens when the brain replaces painful memories, images of injury or damage, with restorative images, which motivate behavior that promotes safety, growth, and well-being, thereby restoring the normal function of the mind. The process occurs naturally for most people, although it takes a long while. Recovery from common grief over the death of a loved one is the paradigm of how the mind heals itself. In the beginning of the grief process, memories of the deceased amplify the sense of loss and inhibit premature emotional investment in others. For a while, the pain is acute. Yet over time, the mind focuses less and less on what has been lost. This mental shift of focus away from loss allows positive experiences with the deceased, restorative images, to dominate memory. It becomes pleasant to think about the lost loved one. At that point... Emotional healing has occurred. I was quite aware of these facts about recovery from grief after more than a decade of research and clinical observations, but my intellectual understanding held no emotional significance beyond empathy for others until my mother died. The sudden and completely unexpected death of my mother turned my world upside down. In the weeks and months after her death, it hurt so much to think of her that I avoided all conscious reminders of her. Photos were packed away. Her favorite things were stored. Her music was silenced. I should have known that such a strategy was doomed to failure. Consciousness can be stubborn, but it is subject to exhaustion, while the unconscious, where hidden memories dominate, persists even in sleep and dreams. A few months after her death, I woke up in the middle of the night and groped for a piece of paper and pen to write down something that seemed terribly important in that half-dream state. Although my pen had perforated the paper by pressing it against the soft bed, I could make out what I'd scribbled by the light of morning. The most important thing in my life is the death of my mother. Despite my considerable clinical experience at the time, I had not noticed how depressed I'd become during those months. But my dark mood began to lift that morning when I realized that the sentence I had written on that small, perforated piece of paper the night before was completely false. The most important thing in my life was not the death of my mother. Far more important was her life. When we lose loved ones, we lose nothing we ever experienced with them. All that I lost of my mother was the future with her, which I never actually had. I began to focus on memories of the many positive experiences I had with her, experiences that I would never lose. At last, my professional training in behavioral conditioning, forging mental, emotional, and behavioral associations through repetition, became useful. 
I recalled many images of my mother that embodied love, wisdom, support, and enjoyment. I associated those with each painful memory that came to me. I repeated the association of hurtful images with restorative ones over and over, conditioning the painful memories to stimulate the occurrence of restorative images automatically. After a few weeks it became pleasurable and rewarding to think about my mother. Now, when my mood is down for any reason, I try to think of her and, invariably, I find my way out of the doldrums. I'm quite sure that I did not create a healing process to overcome the grief caused by my mother's death. All I did was inadvertently hasten the brain's natural process of healing emotional pain through intentional reconditioning of painful memories. Recovery from intimate betrayal is more complicated than simple grief. Yet the same process of conditioning restorative images to heal memories of pain has worked for thousands of...